Hello, and welcome to the Marysville Journal Tribune podcast. My name is Michael Williamson, and I'm here today with Journal Tribune Sports Editor Tim Miller, Alexi Pavlov, Richwood Gazette Sports Editor, and Chad Williamson, Managing Editor of the Journal Tribune. All right, so here, right at the top of the show, real quick, we want to mention that this will be the last of the uh, sports specific coverage for the Journal Tribune podcast. Uh, now that the football season has come to a close, we're going to make a transition into more news specific coverage, uh, which will begin next week. But we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of our show. But uh, first, let's go ahead and close off our football season season conversation by talking about the unfortunate loss of the Marysville Monarchs on uh, uh, Friday's game. Um, the undefeated team, which kind of marched its way all through the season, has now kind of reached its end. So uh, where do you guys want to start? Well, you know, I hate to say the the curse of Hilliard Darby. Hilliard, <laughs> Hilliard Darby, when Marysville played him this year, took Marysville to overtime. Marysville didn't play very well. And then Marysville goes down to Hilliard Darby's stadium and ran into a monster yeah. in Springfield. I mean... The curse of Springfield as well. Yeah, Springfield. Second time in three years. Yep. And the second loss by their quarterback uh, by the name of Smoot. Tishon Smoot. Smoot. People, Marysville people won't forget his name. I want to forget it really he, uh, quickly. He was he was the real deal. And yeah. you know what? I think, well, it, it ended up 27 to nothing for anyone who did not... Uh, <laughs> Read the paper. Read the paper, listen to it, watch it. It's hard to believe anybody wasn't there. The, I think Marysville Athletic Department estimated there were 6,000 people from Marysville there. Mm. 6,000 tickets sold. Jeez. So it was a big crowd. Springfield actually traveled better than normal, too. There were well, a lot of Springfield people. had a lot of people who were waiting to get in after the game started. I looked out the press box. Opened the door, saw a bunch of yeah. cars on Leopard Road, and they were telling me that it was Springfield people. <laughs> so huh. I thought, because right before the kickoff, I looked over across the field, Springfield stands, they were uh, you sparks. Know You're right. I, I remember looking up there, too, and thinking, well, that's a typical kind of Springfield crowd. But uh, they were coming, and we know why. <laughs> uh, boy, for, for whatever Mr. Smoot and the talented receivers were, their defense was phenomenal. They just phenomenal. did not allow Marysville to get anything going offensively. Marysville finished with uh, 115 yards rushing in 35 carries, and this is from a group that has been averaging eight yards a carry this year. Colton Powers had 95 on one carry last week. Yeah. They barely uh, eclipsed that for the game. Yeah, Colton had 50, Griffin had 44, Gabe had 28, Matt Kratowskis had a handful before he got a hit. uh, And and that Springfield was physical. They were not. They were not just fast. Uh, fairly big up front. They they were very physical. Their their interior two interior linemen ate up blockers. Their linebackers were very capable. Their DBs were quick. Their DBs really hit hard too. Yeah. They were like they were like linebackers in the backfield. And I'm telling you what happened. What we've been talking about all year long. If you don't threaten somebody with a passing game, you're gonna. It's gonna look like everybody's right in front of you. And. For a majority of the game, Springfield safeties were about seven yards off the ball. Yeah, they were where a linebacker would normally line up. Well, they they were putting seven, eight, nine in the box on yeah. occasion and just telling yeah. Marysville, "Hey, yeah. run at us! Uh, we know you're not going to." And then you know, even Darren Marysville to to pass yeah. and and the passing game just 
again, has not been Marysville's strength this well, year, and that showed yeah. in this game as well. Yeah, we, we said that all year. There, I mean, the touchdown in the second quarter, after a scoreless first quarter, Springfield scored offensively in the second quarter, and that was the first time all year Marysville had trailed. And we had talked several times that we don't know if Marysville can come from behind because they've never had to. I mean, obviously, they don't like to throw the ball. Yeah. So making up ground. But at seven, it went into the half at 7 to nothing. I was they, still comfortable then. Yeah. I still I mean, felt it, comfortable. Look, they were man, they were manhandling Marysville at the point of attack, but you didn't know if that, was, if that could be game-planned around at that point. It looked like they were really superior. But you never know. They yeah. were definitely more physical on this night. Yeah. And they were just as fast, if not a shade or two or more faster than Marysville's def- yeah. defensive speed and, o- and offensive speed. You know, what, you know what I just, what I told somebody is Springfield's very adept at maybe their first three, four passes. Very early in the game, they threw nothing but deep balls, kind of jump balls. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I thought, oh, well, they're just going to try to outrace Marysville mm-hmm. on the sideline. And... After that, their passing attack got very, what I call, sophisticated. They ran a lot of, of, you know, like hook routes on the sidelines, comebackers, and then were very – Springfield's receivers were very skilled at running after the catch. They pivoted out of their catch. Mm -hmm. And what I said is Marysville's DBs are fast, and they've talked about this all year. Cameron uh, Jones and, and Tanner Powers. They're very fast. Mm-hmm. Springfield's receivers were fast, but they were also quick. Marysville can run fast kind of in a straight line, yeah. but boy, Springfield could stop. <laughs> and they spun, and, and then they were yes. off, and they're, they yacked all over the place. Yeah, they yacked. Yeah. Everybody was... For people, that's yards after catch. They, they, you know, they, they were very good at, at slipping the first defensive back to come up to make the tackle as they caught the ball mm-hmm. and you know and then they would run slants they'd do a stop that some stop and go I mean they they had a really sophisticated and Mr. Smoot with three years starting he had very good timing and if he got flushed he could run the ball yeah the first two touchdowns were him running mm-hmm. he accounted for almost 400 yards total offense himself he passed for 347 and ran for 50 he alone accounted for more yards offense than Marysville got. So more than um, Marysville's probably given up all year. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And uh, it was just a matter of Marysville has been a very good team this year. Friday night, they just ran into somebody who was much better. Yeah, it it, it sounds like you know from. It's it's easy to game plan for someone who runs the ball consistently because you kind of know where the ball's going to be. But for someone like Springfield to spread the field out, that also does a lot more damage because your DBs are running every which way. They're trying to cover as much as they can. I feel like almost, or did you or did you guys get a sense that it was kind of wearing them down? Well, Marysville only had eight first downs in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their defense was on the field a lot. Yeah, and I think at, at times they got good pressure. Yeah, uh, you know, their their guys up front and they blitzed a lot. Marysville blitzed a lot too. And but he was able to get away from he get away from it or get blitz. the ball out quick. I mean, they had a, they had a handful of sacks on him, but yeah. But he would. They would come back with positive plays and, and keep the chains moving. And it's very disheartening when you have something like that, right? Because. Like at, like in your mind, you you kind of go like, what what else 
can we throw at him that's going to make him kind of like hesitate a little bit? But it sounds like he wasn't hesitating whatsoever. He converted third and long a few times to yeah. keep drives moving. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was one I can remember. And Marysville almost got to him for a, for a sack on third down. And he mm-hmm. completed a ball to the outside. Yeah. Kids slipped a tackle and got a first down. And you could see it. And that was kind of deep in Springfield's territory. And you could just see it. It took a lot of air out of them. Mm-hmm. I, I think they were going to, thought they were going to get off the field. I heard a lot of fans from Marysville talking about officiating. I heard a lot of fans from Marysville talking about, you know, the run game letting him down or the defense having a bad night. That's not what I saw. No, it was. I saw a I saw a good team beaten by a very good team. Yeah. You know, no, Marysville's not just Marysville's fans just haven't seen right. anybody treat Marysville like Marysville treats everybody else. Right. They're used to our defense yeah. locking somebody down and run and our I offense mean, running wild. And now Springfield got hit with a handful of delay game penalties because they like to run that play clock down to the nubs. They they could they have gotten called for a couple more delay games? Absolutely, you're right. In my opinion, you're absolutely right, and I believe that that intentional grounding call that was, was trash. I have no was, idea what that, you saw. That, that was bogus. I don't know, but you know. Take that away. That wasn't going to. That's not going to change. That wasn't going to change the outcome of the no. game. The intentional grounding no. call against Marysville. I mean, but there are just sometimes a good team, like you said, is going to run into a very good team, and the good team is going to lose, and and that's simply what what happened. I know a lot of some people were saying Marysville's boys deserve better than this. Well, not on this night they did because they. You know, as much as you hate to say it, they just weren't up to I mean, the challenge of Springfield. There's eight. There were eight schools left, eight teams left from the biggest schools in the state. Absolutely. Private schools, schools with twice the enrollment Marysville has. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of the teams left. But Division One, when you get to the end of the road at the Division One tournament, you're seeing Division One college athletes all over yeah. the field, mm-hmm. and you know on any on any game mm-hmm. in Division One in the final eight, there there are athletes and great teams everywhere, and I think I said to you, Tim, on walking off the field, that Springfield looked designed to beat Marysville. Mm-hmm. You know, they were they were big up front and swallowed blockers. They were fast, and they knew how. We wanted all year if Marysville could stop a truly dynamic passing game with some with a quarterback that could you know extend plays that's exactly yeah. what they ran into and yeah. and the answer was you know no yeah, now if Springfield had, had a bad defense maybe Marysville keeps up with them and scores 28 of their own but they had a they had a heck of a defense too I was not prepared for their defense I had well, I had seen all the shutouts yeah. and whatever but I did not having watched a great defense all year yeah. I was not prepared for that defense to step on a well, field half, at halftime I ran into Brett Glass former Jonathan Alder coach who now the coach at Dublin Jerome Brett played both Marysville and Springfield this mm-hmm. year and this is when Marysville was still only down seven nothing at halftime mm-hmm. Brett was just shaking his head. He said, those are two great defenses mm-hmm. right there. He said, I played them both, in their, and, but he said Springfield is a great I saw him. I saw him quoted after he played Marysville saying that it was, what did I say, one of the best high school teams yeah. he'd ever seen and probably the best defense he'd ever, he'd ever coached against, mm-hmm. including his time at Jonathan Alder. And then he had to go into the playoffs <laughs> and play Springfield. Springfield. And I wonder if he still felt that way after he played Springfield well, because he, – He was – at halftime, Brett was very complimentary to both teams. Mm-hmm. 
after the game, he probably was yeah. even more complimentary to Springfield. Uh, but it was just, like you said, the quickness. Yeah. Um, Marysville just had no answer. I, and now they know how other teams that they face this year. Absolutely. Feel. It was an absolute role reversal. And, yeah. you know, I think it was, you know, that game was scoreless at the first quarter, 7 nothing at the half. And honestly, I think that was Marysville's pride and heart mm-hmm. scrambling around to keep him in the game like that because what you saw in that su- that second half is well you and I were talking on the way back even when they got down 14 and nothing I was starting to get a little nervous but I was still okay because uh, well I'm going to get a turnover yeah. maybe a pick six yeah. get back into it yeah. make it a one score game but then when they scored and went up 20 to nothing uh, I my first thought was there. Yeah, and I don't know if it was the third quarter or early fourth where at one point Marysville was, they weren't backed up, you know, in the shadow of their own goalpost or anything, but they threw three straight passes, Marysville did, Yeah, that weren't close to being no, completed. No. I mean... And that gave Springfield all the impetus they and, needed and to know that these guys cannot throw And somebody ball. said, well, why did Marysville punt there? They're down 21 to not somebody coming to me. Why they punt there? They're down 21 to nothing. Are they not trying to win the game? I was like, it's a, it's, it's a strategy at that I point. I have a yeah. feeling down 21 to nothing, seeing the utter lack of success they were having passing yeah. the ball. There's just honestly 21 to nothing might as well have been 50 to nothing at that point. Because when that you, offense was not designed to come back. No. Not, not against not against a mediocre defense. No. You know, yes, they can complete some passes, but are they going to zip up and down the field mm. to come back that fast? I mean, when you throw three straight passes and they're just getting knocked away like, you know, you're batting a balloon at a kid's birthday party, Yeah, there's just nowhere to go with that. And I think, although you may never, you know, admit it, I think you're just punting it and trying to limit the damage at that point. Mm. And I, I, that's bad chance of that because, yeah, because Springfield threw a touch, a, like a 40-yard, what, 38-yard touchdown pass with a minute and a half left. That was that was taking the salt shaker yeah. out and just standing yeah. over an open, bleeding wound and saying, yeah. nice to have seen yeah. you tonight. You know? It kind of it reminds me of Jimmy Johnson's days at the U where he would just put up so like absurd numbers yeah. over, over teams. And, yeah, yeah I, it – you know, and, like at that point, like what do you do? I mean, and Springfield, it, there was a minute thirty five, thirty six left in the game. They could have taken it. I mean, yeah, they could have run the ball, taken a knee, scrambled around, and they stayed were about. just they were just doing. I mean, that I, and I'm not gonna. You, you make the choices you make, and twenty one to nothing is not a blowout. Like it's not. Well, it would but, have been twenty because Ben. Twenty, you're right. You ben Bickerstaff's put yeah, his big paw that's up right, and swatted did, away that block, extra point. That extra point. But at that point, 20, 20 to nothing felt like 50 to nothing yeah. with Marysville. With, with, yeah, with a minute 36 yeah. left to go. And, I mean, and so Springfield has their starters in. I think Marysville had cycled some new people into the yeah, game. Yeah, they did. They did. And, and Springfield, Springfield their starters didn't. in. Yeah. Wow. And went which, one, you know, you know Marysville which, would have been cycling yeah. other seniors and things like yeah. that in the game at that point. So. Which I'm not going to make a comment about yeah. Springfield doing that, but I think everybody who will be listening to this and who saw the it was, I think they probably felt the same way. Yeah, it was felt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On the side. I was down on the sidelines, and it was it was felt. Yeah. What was the body language like in the fourth quarter on Marysville's team? It wasn't great. It wasn't great. No. Look, and they it wasn't that they weren't trying, but if you're if you're standing there, if you're trying to shove a semi truck down the road and it's not budging, yeah. At yeah. some point, you know, you're not 
if you're trying to take a semi truck on with a Volkswagen, you know that's not going to. Not to mention, you know, they had especially the defense had just spent so much energy just trying to stay in the game, right? Yeah. Like you know, trying to hold this, yeah. you know, this pass happy, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, this elusive quarterback yeah. and this pass happy offense. They're trying to shut them down, and they they burn a lot of energy and. They were used to getting off the field three and out, getting off the field quickly, and they just couldn't do it this yeah. game yeah. because of what Springfield did to keep the chains. They converted a lot going. of big third down yeah, plays. They, they converted a lot of third mm-hmm. longs where it looked like Marysville was going to be able to get off the field, and they didn't. And that that you know, people who haven't played or who have never played the game or or who have played the game know what that feels like mm-hmm. because it, it's literally it feels like someone just punched your gut right like mm-hmm. you you don't know mentally what to do next but at mm-hmm. the same time you know what you have to do yeah. which is stay well, on the field and you know do if, you're, your job. if you're out think if you're out running let's say wind sprints or something and you mm-hmm. think you're running 20 and you're just beat after 20 sprints and then the coach says all right five more and yeah. that's what moving those chains again does. like mm-hmm. it's it's like adding five more wind sprints on the end when you were already exhausted and right. you know and okay so what do you get nobody ever got five more wind sprints and said oh yeah yeah here we go right. yeah. you know it's like yeah. oh man or if they did they're lying <laughs> yeah right they're just a just a rah-rah guy right. you know it's just a thing you got to suck up and try to go as hard as you can after that and and they did i mean marysville was flying around on defense but i don't know how many guys he completed passes too, but well, they had yeah two guys over 100 yards receiving. Yeah, completed nine and seven passes of those guys. I mean, he was throwing the ball, spreading the ball around. I mean, it's not like he had one six foot seven receiver that was hauling everything down that they could shade coverage to. No, you know, he was just spreading it around yes. across the middle. On I, the side, I'd say there were probably runs. five, maybe six different receivers that he, he found, and that's a quarterback who knows his yep. people. Yep. yep. But you know, the season ended in a very difficult manner ended a lot sooner than people wanted it but Chad talked a little bit about you saw them the entire season what do you think in your mind this team means to the program going forward what it meant to the community this year the community it was it was a living here I can tell you people were talking about the team once they got a couple of those big wins against like uh Pick, Pick North and Jerome, like people knew. Okay, this is a, that's a point at some seasons where Marysville maybe stubs their toe and doesn't come out with that win. Once you know, there was a there was a point somewhere about the, about when the, maybe the weather started getting a little cooler, mm-hmm. where people thought, well, this this might be a special. This might not just be a good team. It might be a great team. You know, kind of an all time. You know, the community was definitely on board and they enjoyed playing they enjoyed watching they enjoyed reading about listening about like the team itself had great numbers and I think you and I have talked I, I think once Marysville finished the year undefeated we talked about at what does the what, where did how far do they have to go in the playoffs before people say all right that's what we expected out of them or oh they you know they sort laid an egg they did something in the bed and didn't go as far as they should have. And, you know, I think we both said, I think I think everybody was expecting at least state final four. You know, they got to they got to the last eight and they played an exceptional team. Yeah. I mean, they really were. I mean, yeah. Spring Springfield, I've always said that Marysville this year was one of the best high school teams I've watched, not covered, watched. Right. Yeah. Clayton Northmont's offense last year might have been better, mm-hmm. but a total team defense and offense, mm-hmm. I don't know what I've seen personally that was better than Springfield 
ever. Right. You know, to so have they done took it up several months. To have done that them. to an incredible Marysville team mm-hmm. is. I'll be really interested to see what they do Friday and beyond. Beyond if they win, right. because I can't imagine a team blowing them out. Springfield will be able to come back on teams and. You know, people might be able to run on that defense a little bit if they're big. It would take a really big line, big talented offensive line to push that defense around. Yeah. I don't know if it's out there. I don't know what but, Cincinnati Moeller who Springfield will play. But you know, if, if, know if you look at what Marysville, if you look at what Marysville did as a team all year, in the then the opening two, three, four weeks, I wasn't wowed by their offensive line. I liked Marysville's offensive line a lot last year. They mm-hmm. they had a lot of holes. They had great timing with the running backs. Mm-hmm. As the season went on, though, Marysville's line became a very good unit. I still don't know if they're quite as good as last year, but they were very good. And I started to see that. I, I always talked about those timing issues weren't quite right. The backs coming through and the holes opening at the, the right time. Marysville got that down later on, which meant that their line just grew. And their running backs started to trust them and know when the yeah. holes were going to open up. So that improved a lot. You know, you had Jerry McNeil go down and, and Colton Powers had to run the ball a lot yeah. more halfway through. So, you know, he became a very accomplished running back. Mm-hmm. You know, he went from being a backup mm-hmm. runner to mm-hmm. running for 200 yards last week. Yeah. You know, so he really grew. That defense was there all year. I don't know that you can say that they improved or, or mm-hmm. did anything. That thing was just a monster from. He was, yeah. It's a funny thing you mentioned that. I was talking with Brent last night. And he said, I think even before workouts started, he said we knew defensively we were going to be oh, strong. Yeah, he said that. And he time. said we, you know, our offense took a little while to get in sync because we had some new people on the offensive line that they had to to get up to speed. Mm-hmm. And, but once they did, yeah. I mean, that offense was. I, I hope people don't go away from this season and don't remember that last game. I hope they remember the other twelve right. too. Yeah, uh, well, you know, you know how? But how you know could how, you not remember? How could you not look back and look at those twelve games and what this team—the full body of work? Like Brent said to me after the game, he says, "This stings right now. Losing sucks. It does suck. It does. It does suck. It sucks. We were watching it. Sucked. <laughs> yeah. it sucked to watch it. But he said, once the dust settles, these guys, especially these seniors, you know, Gabe Powers, Gavin Roars, Tanner Powers, Cameron Jones, Errol Will, Bickerstaff, Andrew Benz, guys like that. I miss that defensive line. They were gonna, a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, but he said those, all the team, every team, all, all the team, the players, the coaches, the support staff, but especially the seniors, McNeil, Richard Nielsen, a couple other seniors I want to mention. On the line. Jack Bloomberg. He said that once the dust settles and the sour taste gets out of your mouth, these guys are going to look back and think, wow, we well, did you, something very, very special. Well, I took, the, I took that picture that I put on the front page Saturday of Gavin Roars, who, you know, he started for three years, and I really think a lot he is – I tell a lot of people, go watch some tape on that kid because he is his development from a sophomore to a senior. He he developed a mean streak and was killing people. Yeah. And Marysville hadn't trailed all year and they lose this game. Big stage, great team. They played. Mm-hmm. And at district level, they don't give you a trophy. At right. the regional final, you have to march out there and you have to take your plaque trophy for a regional runner-up. 
And but the picture I put was he was obviously up somehow Roars got a hold of it and he was holding it, talking to somebody and clearly upset. There is not a less wanted trophy in the world than a regional runner up. Yeah. As a high school football player, the regional runner-up trophy, and I put I put the most unwanted trophy. And you really think about that. And I was talking to Mac earlier. And I said, "That's why I ran that picture." Is I never really thought about just how unwanted that piece of hardware was at that time. At that time, everybody on Marysville team, I guarantee, would rather burn that trophy than hold it. Yeah. Now, a week, two weeks, a month, a year, six years from now. That trophy and that trophy case will be a source of pride yeah. for yeah. every one of those players. They will be able to look back and tell college friends, their children, if they go to Marysville, you know, I was on a special team and that was, we were mm-hmm. final eight in the state and, and this, it will be a source of pride. But at that moment, God, what a, what a, yeah. what a well, bitter thing to hold on to. And I told you on the way back, that reminded me of, Jonathan Alder's girls basketball team. They lost in the regional finals for two straight years. Combined total of three points they lost by. Mm-hmm. They get those regional runner-up trophies and they just put it down on the chair. They, they, they it for put the it playing down, crew, huh? They put it down on one of the seats and they walked throw it in the trash can anyway out the, to out the, the locker gym. room. You know, one of the assistant coaches, I think, each, both years had to scoop it up. Now, again, those girls, this has been eight, nine, ten years ago. Those girls now, yeah, we were part of a special yeah. But the sting was uh, right there of that loss, right. just like it was yeah. of those two losses, like it was for Marysville. And it's like, you know, we're not going on. Yeah. We don't want, you know. You look, at, you look around on social media and there's Springfield, people with their version of that trophy. The, for the champion, and they're all posing it. Everybody wants to get their hand on it, and take a picture with oh, it, yeah. show it to everybody immediately. And that's natural. And and that that trophy for Marysville in here again in that moment at mm-hmm. that time, boy oh boy. And it's it going to be that way in a couple weeks for the teams that are state runners up. Yeah, you know, yeah, they're not going to want to have anything to do with that trophy at that particular time. But time heals wounds. Yeah, yeah. And, well, I mean, I, again, speaking from a player's perspective, I remember when I was in high school, again, like I was playing high school football in New York, we made it to the Eastern State title game, lost to Chalmont. But then the next year, I was a, I was a, I was a junior, like the seniors from, or the now seniors from the year before that were juniors, they made it a point that Chalmont was going to be the goal. Like, no one else mattered but Chalmont. And we ended up going to the state final, we ended up losing that game, but... I do feel like that trophy, it is the most unwanted, but it's also like that reminder, right, of, yeah. you know, hey, this is how far we went last time. Yeah. Let's see if we can make well, it further. You know, and Marysville's in an interesting situation. Like, you know, we've talked so much about their defense all year, and they're losing, I think, nine starters. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. pretty tough. They're going to get gutted tough. on defense. You know, they're still going to have Colton there, but that defensive line's gone yeah it's got it now they've they've spelled some younger guys in there and things Mm -hmm. but but the heart of it's gone Mm -hmm. um so they start over and if you're building a program the next guys up have been paying their dues and working out and they're ready to go but you know that's going to be a hard group to replace on the other side of the ball they're losing some offensive linemen and obviously gabe what he contributed on offense is going to be gone but a ton of their skill positions come back Mm-hmm. You know, Griffin Johnson, 
Colton Powers, if they want to run him a lot next year. Seeker's Seeker's back at quarterback, or they might have. I heard they had a younger guy that got hurt earlier that might be in the mix somewhere. Kutowskis. Yeah. Got some, got some I like tough him. yards. I like him. I think he's going to be fine for the next so, couple years. If they get a line, in my mind, that's got to be the same way that defense. You've, you've got to have those kids that are there ready to go. They're just mm-hmm. waiting for the shot. You know, if you're truly building a program, Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like it's just like replacing a tire. Yeah. You know, to keep going on the road, and hopefully, if they can get a line piece in there, they're going to start with a pretty good offense next year. I think. I think so too. S- uh, skill position wise, hopefully, they get a few receivers. They're going to have. They're going to have to. And this is one thing I talked with Brent last night. At some point, you're going to need to do it. Right? And you've got to. I said, I said, is there anything that you need to tweak for next year? And then before he can answer, I said. Passing game, <laughs> and and he, you know, he agreed because if you You've complete got a couple, to. if you complete a couple of passes early in that game, maybe you back them off. You don't have to deal with those guys seven yards off the ball. Yeah. I mean, that's that's immediate help. It's going to make it's life like looking a lot up at a line, defensive line, and nothing but linebackers. Yeah, like if you can back those guys up a little bit, it's going to make life a lot easier yeah. for your running. But backs, that, so. that being said, I think you know. All those skill position guys we mentioned will have another year of lifting. Yeah. They'll be bigger. They'll be stronger yeah. and older. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a line in there and they go. But working that defense up yeah. and getting them ready to go. Now, the good news is a lot of what Marysville did, outside of Gabe, you know, they're they're great athletes and they're put together kids, but they're not – they weren't physical specimens. No. You know, there are yeah. a lot of good wrestlers in there, but they, yeah. they played with heart and they played mm-hmm. with technique. Yes. So that's teachable. Yeah, you can teach anybody to hustle if you can motivate them to do it. You can teach anybody great technique if you can get them to do it. So what's nice is you don't have to sit there and wait on the next physical freak to come in there to step in and fill these roles. If if it's generated from the coaching staff and the culture in the locker Mm -hmm. room and the weight room, hopefully you can piece those in there. And I I always think that I mean the 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 week after like a playoff the week following a playoff loss is more interesting, especially from like a losing standpoint because from my perspective the next season ends or the next season starts as soon as last season ends. So this week, I it would be interesting to see you know what kids are in the weight or like who's in the weight room. Well, they have to take. They have to take a certain amount of time off from the weight room, though. Yeah, practice wise, yeah. But I yeah, I, take... I think they generally they take a week off just to let people. But in a week, week and a half. I guess I'm more talking about like an individual standpoint. Yeah, you know what I mean, because like team team wise, I understand yeah. that's all. In my it. mind, somebody like Colton Powers or Griffin Johnson, maybe. Has a has a team holds a team meeting a right. players team meeting not a coach yeah right. a players team and I don't know if this happened and it, you know if it didn't it didn't right but they maybe they just get this year's juniors together yeah and talk about it or maybe they get juniors and sophomores like hey okay from this point on this is our team next year and we move forward and we do it like the mm-hmm. last group just right. did it mm-hmm. and and you know that's what that's what a winning culture yeah is centered around it's mm-hmm. centered around 
kids being accountable to each other as opposed to just running or lifting because the coach yells at and and like honestly that's the difference between between winning and losing in my opinion too it's just like the mental toughness and fortitude and and the difference between having a great year and then Mm -hmm. mediocre Mm -hmm. for another decade right if you're always up there and you look around central ohio and you can generally count on the teams that are going to have winning records year in year out because they've got a culture and brad said friday night to the team and he reiterated it to reiterated it to me last night you always want your seniors to be able to say they left the program better than they found it. He said this year's seniors did. It's going to be up to next year's seniors mm-hmm. to see whether they're able to. Yeah, I don't. Too. I don't. It's. I think they they gave the younger guys the blueprint. Yeah. You know that that defense because that defense just hustled. It was it was just yeah wave after wave and, and that was heart and that was hustle. So yeah. the blueprints there. You know whether the whether the uh, the athletes are going to be as good. Mm-hmm. You know I I think that the team next year will look a lot like this one. Mm-hmm. You know you won't have six four Gabe Powers out there in the middle, but I think that relentless wave of defense yeah. will be there. I hope I hope at least. Yeah, someone's got to have the heart of an arrow. Will yeah, and and you know Colton's Colton Powers is a he's an absolute hammer. I don't yeah. know if he's as vocal as some of those guys, you know. So somebody's gonna somebody I think he may have to learn. I think I think that. Griffin Johnson will be on offense. Um but I they're gonna need they're gonna need that. You're right. Yeah. They're gonna need those that type of leadership, active vocal And leadership. I think it's gonna come down to Colton because he's a lot he's a returning linebacker and that's you know a highly important level of your defense. So. If if you want to continue this level of success, at least look at the players that made an impact on your team and say, "Hey, how is how did you do this? How is this done?" Yeah. Hopefully, the younger guys watched Gabe yeah. Powers. Right. They watched Errol Will. They watched Ben Bickerstaff. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Gabe and Powers. Mark. Gabe Powers was going to be good on any team he stepped on across the state. Yeah. So, and what he showed was. You know, Gabe's not a raw, raw guy. No, he's not. He, he just leads by hitting people and making mm-hmm. tackles, and, and he he played with an enormous weight on his shoulders all year. I told you, I couldn't believe how many cameras were at every game this year. Yeah. Early on, when Marysville, you know, nobody was in Central Ohio was they thought Marysville was okay, yeah. and they knew he was on the team and going to Ohio State, and there were cameras everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. videographers, and and he just had people lined up to try to interview him. He. He got interviewed more after every game than the coach. Right. Every game. There are there are, there are Buckeye, you know, podcasters yeah, or videographers yeah. following him and interviewing him, talking to him. And kids running up wanting autographs and everybody even from the other teams knew who he was and you know, he always, they'd almost have to make yeah. They yeah, they'd almost have to make a tunnel for him to get back to the locker room. He played with a tremendous weight and showed what to do when how to act when everybody knows your name. Mm-hmm. Ben Becker staff and Errol Will showed you how to play when nobody knows your yeah. name. Exactly. You know what I mean? Those two guys, early in the season, I guarantee you nobody was looking out at those two guys mm-hmm. going, oh, boy, mm-hmm. we're going to have to game plan around these guys. No. You know, he's no. he's 170, and he's about 180 or 190 or whatever. And, yeah. you know, and then they came out, and they showed that you don't have to be six foot four Mm-mm. with, you know, with all this genetic – you know, makeup <laughs> to go out and just bust your rear end mm-hmm. and 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 play with great heart and energy and technique and yeah. and tape over games when nobody sees you coming. Right. 
on on a on a guesstimate like percentage level, how many of the members of the football team are two sport athletes? Because that because I mean, of the star I, of the starters, I know that there's a there's a group of defensive linemen that mm-hmm. that are that are wrestlers. They're which is wrestlers. Thirty percent. Um, Maybe 20%. Errol's a wrestler. Ben Bickerstaff's a wrestler. Colton Powers is a wrestler. Well, well I, 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 I mean, those are like basketball or not or that track. many. Do any of them on track? Oh, Cameron Jones is. Fun. Oh, I knew. Yeah, I knew that. There are guys who played. There are guys who do track. Uh, the Ben's kid is a weight man on the track team in the spring. He got a lot better. I was really. Yes, he did. He he, he had a couple of sacks. He's he's kind of like the. Mm-hmm. He's he's more the prototypical defensive lineman for Marysville, not a speed rusher guy, yeah. thick kid, strong, a uh, little short, a little shorter. But boy, he got a lot better through the year. He had a couple of sacks, yeah. I think, Friday night, and and he really made people learn and, his number. You know, Gabe played JV basketball here as a freshman, and he looks like he'd be a good basketball player. Oh, he's a very good basketball <laughs> good, player. Just now, good, good kind of body yeah. awareness and control. Yeah. He looks like he'd be now, good. he knew, everybody knew right from the start oh, yeah. that football was going to be his thing. But, you know, he's the type that could have gone to a Mac school or an OAC school and played basketball. <laughs> he picked up basketball right now. His dad would tackle him on the court. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Yeah. It's like, no, you're going <laughs> yeah, to you stay. Getting that weight room. Well, if and, I see you pick up a basketball again, I'm going to shoot it with an arrow. And, and you know, we talk about, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, you know, preseason or off-season preparation. For skilled positions, by far, do track. Yeah. I mean, like, that is. I'm a little shocked that some, you don't see more of Marysville's skill guys out there run running sprints yeah yeah i mean but, like again they don't have to be the fastest cat out there on the field yeah. either they just have to get the reps in like yeah. that's the main deal yeah. so, and, and you know you don't they always said the fastest uh 100 yard swim was not recorded in the olympics or in a, in a pool it was recorded from a guy swimming away from a shark <laughs> So, I would. you know, you can go out and run sprints all you want, right. you know, in the grass off season. But if you go out on the track against true speedsters mm-hmm. from around the central high around the state, that's where you're going to run your fastest is yeah. against that kind of competition. And, so. and to kind of look at, you know, track from a national standpoint, I mean, you know, in California, um, I was able to play with uh, a couple of players from Long Beach Poly, which are they put out like products like Juju Smith Schuster and Deshaun Jackson all of those guys ran track mm. at at like the high school level yeah. and even like Reggie Bush said like not too long ago he was like if you want to get fast run track yeah. like it's just that well, you know there's a there was a debate for a long time that you know hey maybe sports specialization you know you're a football right. player get in the weight room you see what wrestling did for Errol Will and Ben mm-hmm. Becker staff and even Colton to some right. but I would say those defensive linemen that leverage and I had that picture that we never ran yeah. but it was Bickerstaff getting a tackle on a I think it was a kickoff and he's he's on top of the kid and he's got the kid's ankle right he's grabbed his ankle and he's holding it up that it, it looks straight off the wrestling <laughs> right they, yeah. they, they attacked those it ankles was a wrestling, wrestling. He, down, basically. He, he, he still had that kid's ankle up yeah. in the air as he's got him on the ground. I love it. I love it. So, you know, it teaches that body awareness, leverage, hand fighting. Yeah. Aggression, really. Yeah, yeah. That, absolutely. That So, you know, you see what wrestling did for two guys that weren't, they weren't massive hmm. up front linemen, but they were they were dominant. Yeah. You know, and you see what, what other sports, you know, 
like as you said track being a big one for speed guys you know you see what some of those things do for kids well i did see that gabe powers gave his farewell post on yeah. instagram so yeah it'll be interesting we've talked about this it'll be interesting gabe's not a two-sport athlete in theory now that he doesn't need ohsaa eligibility anymore what's going to happen next name image likeness yeah, yeah. in well, theory I, I believe he could start accepting contracts for name image from likeness. what i understand he can graduate in december is he going to do that a lot I, of my source tells me that there's a possibility he will graduate and so he can enroll Early in the highest that's you know what part in spring football i know i bet the football teams osu's probably putting pressure on him because they want to get those guys in there and get them acclimated but mm-hmm. yeah Boy, you hate to see that. I, it's, no, watching that? him play and knowing what he meant to the community and, and his teammates and everything like that, you hate to think that the kid has to forego the second half of his senior year when he's when he's the big man in the school. Yeah. Missing out on prom. Missing out on just all, fun. But all then, that fun stuff. Yeah. But then the, again, what's the goal, though, for him? Yeah, I know. But yeah. are, are you raising a kid or are you raising a thoroughbred yeah. you know football machine yeah you know, I, 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 know. I hate I hate that I, you know what I, it, maybe that kid wasn't a part of prom maybe he doesn't care maybe whatever yeah. and I think about that about a lot of those guys you know held one guy what his whole senior that quarterback for us uh, you he Quinn, can, Quinn Harris yeah. he gave up his whole senior year and well, I, you know and he hasn't stepped a foot on the field he got some reps this past Saturday Did he? Did he, he, he got was... some reps at the end of the game yeah he got some reps but yeah but it wasn't anything to like really I mean he over. lost out on an added year of high school experience that could have helped prepare him even more so do you, I mean do you college. know what it is like to be the, just the best football player at your school in your no, region no, no me but can you imagine no. what that feels like as a senior in a year of school and all all that goes with being a senior anyway yeah, and being that guy and you just you give it up yeah and you walk out the door and say well you know I, that's it was fun that, while it lasted that's know. a tough I yeah mean, he, he could go down to Ohio State blow out his knee in practice and never see a rep another rep on the field and I know. I, I, I don't mean. I'm not talking about Gabe. I was talking about the quarterback. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. I'm talking about this quarterback. Yeah. Knock on wood for, I'm every, about for everyone. For everyone. <laughs> yeah. But but you just you gave that up. You know that. And that's you know Kenny Chesney's not singing about walk on freshman. He's singing about being the big man on the high school football team. You know it's it's. It's and it's if almost, they think it's tractor sexy. Too. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. Who knows? I mean. Being a football star in a small town is a thing. Yeah, it, it really in, in Ohio, in the football states, and yeah. in the Midwest, yeah, it's a thing. And just for kids to give that up to, you know, it's like, you know, it is a kind of a win lose situation when you become a public figure, especially. Um, of course, now social media age, boy, oh, boy. oh yeah. It's I mean, I mean, people know your every move. People are waiting for you to mess up. That's right. People are going to dictate whatever you do. But yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, like. In, in the day and age of, you know, the amateur slash professional athlete, I mean, this is uncharted territory. So I there mean, is, there's essentially once you're done with high school, there's, there is no amateur athlete. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know about the, the division three level. I think well, we're very much amateurs at that yeah, point. I get, I get yeah. people don't I get pay it. that much attention I, to those. Yeah. They, <laughs> those guys play for the love of it. I always said that. I said, yeah, you know. I said you you've got to love you've got to love a sport to play Division three mm-hmm. to get on the bus and ride like that put all that time mm-hmm. in and have the crowds be potentially smaller than you played in front of in high school. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I didn't love it that much. I could have played Division three and I didn't because I knew I was like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm not going to have that. You got to love you got to love the sport more than I loved it to, yeah. to play Division three. Yeah. But to, yeah. you know, Gabe 
people are still going to be watching Gabe. Oh, you yeah. Know, I hope. Yeah. I just hope whatever decision he settles on, he doesn't look back in 10 years and regret it that he didn't get a hat. He didn't start OSU early and miss out on some yeah. of the fun of the second half of that high school year yeah. or, you know, any of that. Or if it's absolutely what he wants to do, you know, I hope he does well yeah. with that too. Absolutely. And I hope he – I hope he doesn't get rushed into a starting role at Ohio State and he develops as he should and he learns. You know, I hope he doesn't lose the love of the game for, you know. I I would hope the that pressure. Ohio State would would bring him along at a reasonable pace. I think, I think it's hard to, you know, forego the opportunity of playing for a program like Ohio State where there's so much resources for the craft that you are yeah. specifically doing. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I mean, I can I can tell you one thing, you know, Ohio Wesleyan has some of the best, like, you know, weight room and they have some of the best facilities, I think, in the NCAC. And if I had an opportunity to train with uh the team like before I was even a freshman at the school, I would love that opportunity. Mm. But but then, you know, again it's me it was for a love of the game. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, there's more added to this. We do have to so this will oh. be our last sports-specific uh, podcast, right. probably until football season next year. While we might fold in some sports talk here and there or portions of the podcast from here on out, the format will morph a little bit, and we'll start bringing in other members of the newsroom staff, and we'll be talking about focusing a little more on news kind of topics, going things going on around the county and city, and just bannering that stuff back and forth. It's not to say that we won't have sports coming in and doing things, but it won't. This podcast won't just be sports from here on out, so we'll be doing some other things. So Tim gets to take, you know, spend his winters in Tahiti because <laughs> he won't need his Cancun. golden won't yeah. need his golden pipes on the on the microphone well, as much yeah. anymore. So uh, it's, it's it's a tough job, guys. No, someone's yeah. got to do it. You put in your time, you know. Yeah. You get you get your off season too. So. Yeah. But yeah, that's all to say is that next uh, next week when we post something, it will. It will have a new format, and it'll probably be an ever-evolving format from here on out. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to hear what goes on uh, besides just general sports. So yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to hear from everybody. Look, if you've sat ever sat in our newsroom, you know there is no lack of <laughs> conversation. Of I don't even know what you say. You know the issues going on around town. We we bat that ball yeah. back There's around a lot. Anyway, yeah. honestly, I think that's where this podcast comes from. I think our owner said heard us just talking opinion-wise on things that are going on in town and thought, well, we might as well record this. You're doing it anyway. And so that's where we'll be going with that from here on out. All right. Well, that's the show for this week. Thank you guys for all the good information and for all the coverage this football season that will wrap up our 2021 football coverage for Union County and and the teams in the coverage area. Uh, So as we said, next week we'll start a new format. We'll focus on more news-specific coverage, uh, local issues, and and bring in some uh, reporters from the newsroom to talk about those things. So uh, please keep an eye out for that. We do appreciate everyone who listens. Uh, Please don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast, and we'll see you next week.